The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you happy tuesday everybody splash pages the comic book club powered by the dorkening and we got an awesome show for you today we're talking about a super dark storyline of spider-man but before we get into that velvet joker how's it going my friend it's going everyone doing tonight doing great doing great drew Oh, we're on. Um, hey, guys. Um, thanks for helping us win an award, and let's get dark. Let's get dark. Chris, what do you got there? Nice. Nerd yes. swag. Novelization and the uh, all six issues, including the uh, epilogue, uh, Soul of the Hunter. And some of them are signed, too, by Mike Zeck. Nice. Yeah, Jam D. Matisse was once upon a time here in Massachusetts just before COVID. I missed a chance to meet him. Oh, it's but I've had him pretty on the show. Cool. He'll be on splash pages sometime in the future. Oh, it's yeah. pretty great. I love that cover. That's just friggin' dark. Uh, we got a bunch of people watching, so let us know what you think about uh, Craven's Last Hunt while we get into it. And you know, this came out in 1987, and I haven't done it in a while. I'm, I'm gonna channel my inner Sophia. Oh God, here we uh, go. <laughs> Am I still dreaming? I, you are. You are. I know. So, it. Uh, the picture at Sicily, 1987. Uh, we paid a movie ticket price of three dollars and ninety-one cents back. Uh, top movies of 1987 were Beverly Hills Cop, Fatal Attraction, Platoon, Three Men and a Baby, where we watched a ghost, and The Untouchables. Top TV of 1987 was The Cosby Show, Family Ties, Cheers, Murder She Wrote, and Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, gas cost 90 cents a gallon. And because Diamond did not keep good records, 
According to them, the top-selling comics for uh, 1987 were Uncanny X-Men, get this, 222, 223, 224, and 225 were the top-selling comics. Apparently, that's what they have records for. Uh, and if you're a kid in 1987, Saturday morning cartoons, we watched the real Ghostbusters, the Wuzzles, Berenstein Bears, uh, Smurfs, Teen Wolf, and Gummy Bears. Uh, and uh, the best-selling games in 1987, Legend of Zelda and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Uh, that was a great game. Yeah. yeah. It was very totally. friendly cartoons then. Oh, yeah, totally. Wuzzles. Those were the ones that were like, uh, it was like a bear and a bumblebee. Was that it? I, uh, I have no idea. I was born that year. I don't I know. No are we talking about the Wuzzles or Craven's Last Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are no Wuzzles in the Craven's Last Hunt. Craven hunted the wuzzles. Craven hunted the wuzzles to extinction and ate them. <laughs> That's how he was able to defeat the Spider-Man with the wuzzle power. Yes. Wuzzle power, love it. And then Calypso like did all sorts of really weird shit to him too. <laughs> yeah, because the lizard wasn't enough. <laughs> how can we get Todd McFarlane back? Hmm. But so this story. I have to say this. I bought all six issues to get signed by Mike Zek and Jam Demetrius when they were at um, Terrific Con one year. And oh. and I got it signed before I ever read it. So I had to, I was like, oh, yes, thank you. Please sign this. Because, you know, Mike Zek, I mean, every everyone's going to have him sign this and Secret Wars because the the black cover for Secret Wars is apparently one of the things he's, he says he's never stopped signing. Um, and then I read it and I was like, wow, this is truly still one of the best, uh, like this, this, this deserves to be in the top 10 of all, of all greatest Spider-Man stories, hands down. Too bad it was undone years later. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the other thing. This story is literally so good that Marvel had to literally shoot itself in its own foot because like, whoa, whoa, JM. We can't have you advocating suicide. So we got to have you fix this. Okay. But you can't bring Craven back. So, so what does it mean? I want you to make him a ghost. Yeah, exactly. It's just, we're going to make him a ghost. But what, what years later, the, uh, the, 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 the Grim Hunt or whatever the hell it was called in yeah, the 2000 brand new day, they, mm -hmm. um, uh, Craven's other wife, his other daughter, Grounded up all the other Cravens and sacrifice of uh, Kane and, and Madam Webb brought back Craven the Hunter only for Nick Spencer to have Craven put a gun in his mouth and blow his brains out once again. I'm glad I didn't read that. He, yeah, he no, never Craven had a chance. again in comics twice having. Now imagine how different this would have been as a Batman storyline. Right. I know. I did not know that that it was supposed to be a Batman storyline, but it kind of, it kind of fits, you know. Yeah, like, who was who was the bad guy then? Was it the Joker? Uh, the well, Ratcatcher. Uh, no. So the Damn first it. it was supposed to be Wonder Man, uh, with the Grim Reaper that got turned down. Okay. Uh, then it was supposed to be Batman and the Joker, that got shot down. Yeah. Unintended, uh, and then 
Uh, then it was supposed to be Batman and Hugo Strange. And then that got uh, shot down as well. Right. Yeah, Do we got go the better the story. What was that, Chris? Want to go over the plot? Sure, go for it. All right. Craven the Hunter, Craven's last time. Fearful Cemetery, as it's also be called, would appear in uh, Web of Spider-Man, issues 31, 32, Amazing Spider-Man 293, 294, and Spectacular Spider-Man 131 and 132 in 1987 by Mike Zeck and J.M.D. Mateus. Craven's aggravation with his inability to catch and kill Spider-Man has destroyed his sanity, and he hatches a final scheme that actually defeats Spider-Man and seemingly shoots him dead with a tranquilizer. Why? Not really clear. Craven then buries him and donning a copy of Spider-Man's costume seeks to prove himself superior as the adversary's former activities, including hunting down the Captain America villain known as Vermin, who had been transformed into a rat man by Captain America's uh, nemesis, Baron Zemo, as well as a bunch of other animen kind of mutate people in horrible experiments. He starts roaming New York and brutally attacking criminals, including coincidentally a group of thugs who are about to mug Mary Jane after she's been about a week without her husband. Don't forget, these two just got married prior to this storyline. The cultivation of these activities is Craven's successfully unarmed capture of the supervillain Merman eventually. Somebody that Spider-Man couldn't even defeat himself without the help of Captain America. After two weeks, Spider-Man revives from the effects of the tranquilizer uh, dart Craven shot himself with and manages to dig his way out of his own grave after many hallucinations. When Spider-Man confronts Craven, he does not fight back, considering himself the victor and his final point at long last made, that he was able to defeat the spider. Craven releases Vermin, who attacks Spider-Man, thinking him to be the one who brutally beat him almost to death. Vermin is able to defeat Spider-Man, but Craven intervenes before Vermin can kill him and allows Vermin to go free and tells Spider-Man he can pursue him if he desires, but that Craven's hunting days have ended. While Spider-Man goes after Vermin, because Vermin is a cannibal and known to eat people, he needs to stop it from happening again. Craven retires to his home, reminiscing about his past and his peace, puts on a new and nice fancy suit, and commits suicide with a shotgun. Spider-Man catches up with Vermin, is able to outwit him, and then go home, goes home to his wife at long last. Nicely put. Yeah, this whole scene with Craven chewing up the spiders and eating them. Oh my god. Yeah, I lost my appetite that morning. Not gonna lie. Great imagery. Like, he yeah, had, he had to become the spider though. You know, but I think the thing what I really love about this is that is like the intensity was so palpable that it has a really nice cinematic feel to it. You know, like we're very used to Spider-Man because he's the jokey hero. We're very used to him being, you know, Mr. Jumps, Mr. Flips, Mr. Cracks jokes and and whatnot. Yeah, there you go. See, we literally, it's the panel within the panel within the panel. That's like 20 panels. Um, but And just real quick, I love that Spider-Man sitting on a, uh, a sign with a raid. Yeah. <laughs> And also, anyone who sees the covers of the images, this is not Venom that he is wearing. Uh, this is the, the thread costume uh, he yep. would be wearing. He would lose uh, this costume right after this storyline because that's when Venom would show up. Right. Isn't this – this is the one, Chris, that Black Cat made him, right? Because she thought that he looked better in this suit, right? Yeah, if he unless he had more than one. But, yes, Black Cat did sew him a brand-new black-and-white costume because there was a storyline where he was missing for three months – Sorry, 
all three of his titles, not three months, but he was missing mm-hmm. from all of his titles. But he had mm-hmm. been fighting a villain and got blown and, and, and got caught in a blast. All his co- it was like the last of his costumes. It was destroyed, and the yeah. only costume he has is a piece of crap Halloween costume from Germany that Wolverine got him when uh, he was <laughs> running around Wolverine and Spider-Man versus Wolverine one shot. Oh man, I gotta write about that. <laughs> Wolverine <laughs> gave Spider-Man his worst costume. Yeah, what's funny though is Aunt Mary Jane would alter that costume too because she was like, "You well, you need a costume. I can't stand the black and white one any longer, and you can't run around in your fruit of the looms." <laughs> but what were you saying, Rich? Uh, I don't know. All right, good. You're doing great, buddy. Tipping um, in a lot of. Yeah. I know, right? I know this is what happens when you take a nap for the show. Just a week. We will um, actually cover the uh, coming up soon uh, on the uh, spectacular show. The um, sins, uh, sins of the uh, sins of the father, whatever that story is, uh, with Vermin and Spider Man, and a lot of it is reminiscent of this because JMD Mateus wrote both stories. We're going to mm-hmm. get a lot of callbacks to this whole like Peter in the grave, like like the issue where he's calling out of the grave. Like the psychosis going on in his head is some of the darkest Spider-Man images we've seen probably since Cool and Goth um, crucified Spider-Man back in Uncanny X-Men. Oh yeah. So I, I think the other thing that's really crazy is like again, this was so serious. Like you, you, like I was, I was saying before, you you don't expect this from Spider-Man, but he's a he can be a very dark character, but the, especially with this as Craven is such a kind of 60s character that really never grew up in some way. Like all the others kind of modernized or evolved in a certain way. But Craven always stuck to his gun. He's wearing the same loincloth and lion's mane from before. But especially like this image here always got me. The one where literally Spider-Man is realizing Craven is not joking around. Like this is not... Oh hey, I'm gonna knock you out and like you said, take you to my lair and monologue so I can make you escape. He's he's got a gun, he's gonna kill him. Right. Also, he, the he, image of uh recently dead Ned Leeds is amazing with him disintegrating. Again, really horrific images in Spider-Man. Uh again, mm-hmm. you know, like with Ned Leeds, who by the way, Ned Leeds is currently alive in the comic books, never having actually died. Do you know why? Yeah. Goblin formula kept him alive in a coma. Yeah, it's the source of immortality for so many universes. But no, but this this story, I haven't read it since I read it the first time, but it was really nice to reread. But holy crap, does it get dark? Yeah, like, the, not- the imagery when he's in the ground, um, where he comes to the realization that uh, that it's not the spider, that he's not the spider, that he's Peter. And Peter is the perseverance that has pushed him all these years. So mm-hmm. I think pretty cool evolution and realization on Peter's part. You know, it is, it is of course, very funny that the first thing Peter needs when he comes out of the ground, if you close in on the panels of, like, Mary Jane throwing the remote to the side, he webs it to his hand, is mm-hmm. like, no, honey, I just crawled out of the ground and being dead for two weeks. Do you know what I need? I, I also just enjoy these little interludes where you just see these these literal throwaway characters that are just always like they and then they just get pulled into the sewer and then they're eaten and I'm sorry there I don't feel like there's anything creepier than just 
nothing and a little orange yellow text box that says yum and i'm like okay cool <laughs> you're dead vermin is a really crazy creepy terrifying spider-man villain or captain america villain that is very highly under underused i think he obviously became more of a spider-man villain but he was a uh, byproduct of baron zemo um mm -hmm. and an experiment of baron zemo's because zemo was a nazi and Zemo does not care about uh, people of color and Jews and things like that. So he took a bunch of homeless black people and people of, uh, you know, like, you know, minorities to experiment on them with. And Vermin was one of them because Vermin is uh, half black and white. I mean, look and at this scene. By the way, currently in nonstop Spider-Man, Zemo is pulling that same crap because he's experimenting on uh, what he considers to be the lesser of humanity with drugs. Right. But you know what the funny thing? With this, is it is it if anyone ever wa read Spider Man Noir, this scene where you have Craven fighting what looks like a giant spider god kind of reminded me of that, you know, yes. like this primordial spider thing, which is funny because, um, in JMS's run of Spider Man, where they really try tapping into this idea that Peter's powers are more mystical than they are scientific the totem, the spider, all that jazz, that that kind of reminded me of that. And it was very interesting because like, oh, maybe this kind of led to that. Like, oh, that's cool. Um, what I also just felt was interesting, guys, and I don't know if you picked this up, I felt like this whole thing had a very odd kind of dream quality to it, the fantastical nature. You get this idea that some of this is very clearly happening, but some of this you're like, is this really happening or is this in Craven's mind? Because it's he's clearly dying, right? All of this has killed him. Like all, what everything he did to become Craven is killing him, right? That's the whole point. This is the last hurrah. Oh, I just felt that it was, uh, you know, he's he's eight, he's somewhere between seventy and a hundred years old, and he's done everything that he's had to, that he he ever sought out to do, except right. best Spider Man, right? And he that, that's all that he needed to do, and then he could, you know let stop taking the berries and just die a natural death is what the the earlier assumption is before you know that his true plan is to end his life jam has said craven was in his should have been in his 50s oh, okay well, she's not but, immortal but can we also just acknowledge they, that it was so great that in the beginning of the story that it's been 70 years since they came to the united states He also did a lot of drugs, you know, potions and potents and stuff. So that probably helped. I, I'm sorry, I don't know why, but the the vermin almost coming out and then getting scared by a spider is just unintentionally hilarious. I was like, you look like a demon rat, and you're just scared by an itty bitty little spider. They would, like, um, wow. They would come back to Craven's grave so many times uh, later on. It, it's it's great, you know. Like um, especially, you know, the the one character I I really thought was missing from this whole story, um, and I never asked JM why was the chameleon is missing from this story. And chameleon is Craven's brother, right? Mm -hmm. Or so, he yeah. was until Nick Spencer came along, and now the, it's revealed the chameleon is like multiple people. So, Chris, do people just not like Nick Spencer anymore? I'm, I'm still very confused. I felt like at one point I felt like everyone was like, oh, he's doing great. And now everyone's like, what the hell? 
We'll we'll all find out in next week if we all love Nick Spencer or not. If he restores the marriage of Mary Jane and Peter Parker, because that is his final issue and the thing he has been building to. So fingers crossed. He did wipe uh, out Goblin Babies. So <laughs> right, but uh, but another great thing is that I just love that is that, that Craven literally saved Mary Jane, but Mary Jane is like, you're not my husband, and this is just like the thing that's like he's dead because right. someone is literally pretending to be him. The uh, Craven novelization, the novelization of this entire story, which is available in paperback or in hardcover. Leo, mm. you can see it in my hand if yep. you enlarge. Um, the only thing I don't like about the cover, of course, is red and blue Spider-Man on the cover. But obviously, they did that for a marketing because more right. recognizable than the black and white. But the hardcover is the famous him crawling out of the ground cover. Um, mm -hmm. If you want, don't have time to read it. The audiobook is read by a guy named Richard Rowan, who's got a long list of credits of audio and cartoon credits. Um, but he's done a lot of the, the uh, audiobook audible audiobook narrations for marvel books such as uh daredevil um guardian devil and so many more cool nice uh just just heads up uh rich i i i read it as too and uh it's in the marvel fandom going off for uh sergey cravenoff uh that he was in his 70s uh, at the time of his death, uh, but had the physical appearance uh, and vitality of a 30-year-old man. Okay, so we eat healthy, and suddenly we can be in our 70s, but look like in their 30s. Awesome. Berries and potions, you know. This is not yep. a story Disney, Disney will ever do with Spider-Man. I know they're doing the Craven movie coming up. Uh, what, God, what, no. Who's playing him? Uh, Quicksilver, right? Yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry. I want to. I've said this from the get go. I still think Jason Momoa would have made a great Craven. Oh yeah, totally. But for whatever Hands reason, they're going yeah. with a ass Quicksilver actor, the one who was killed by Ultron. Yeah. Also, I just I would love to see somebody at a con be Craven in the spider suit. You know, just whip off his mask. Oh, I am Craven, and I'm like, oh, and it's like I just wanted to like pull a Nedry from Jurassic Park, like. He's craving. He's craving. He's craving. See, nobody cares. <laughs> the, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that Disney will tap their animation to start doing animated movies because it's something that Sony has wanted to do for a while, and I don't know if they're beheld by the rights of Spider-Man television animation is under the control of Disney. Um, okay. When it comes to movies and theaters, Dis uh, mm -hmm. Sony has control, but television and and. Uh, uh, directed DVD rights are owned by Disney, so that's mm. the split. But Craven's right. The Last Hunt would make an excellent animated movie if they can't do it live action with a full oh, voice totally. cast. Oh. It, especially if they keep, I would say, 60% of the material as is. I, listen, let's just be real here. They're, ne they're never going to 100% adapt something. They're always going to change things and whatnot. That's an inevitability. But and Leo, I'm just like you. Just keep flipping through, and it's like I'm reliving it. Like this, this yeah, scene. Well, yeah. Oh I just God, this creeped me out up. a little. Yeah, the the rats like eating the police officer is just insane. The mass. Oh, that work. wasn't the creepy thing to me. It's what he did to this one other officer. Oh, wait, I had, he licked I, her. I had oh, it for yeah. a while. I had a vermin action figure. Um, the head snapped off. I got to super glue the head back on. 
but the body <laughs> of the vermin toy is actually a repainted Shane Chi toy because he can do a karate chop, but oh it's a God. vermin head on a Shane Chi repainted body. Um, wow. Marvel back in the 90s, like 90s and the 2000s would take a lot of figures and repaint them with like new head sculpts to become new figures. Oh. And He-Man did it a lot, but this vermin figure I had for a long time until the head snapped off. That That is the best worst toy I've ever heard of. I was like, what flea market did you get that from? And you're like, no, Marvel 90s. I was like, oh. of, uh, Supernatural figures. There was a ghost Doctor mm. Strange, so it was a glow-in-the-dark Doctor Strange. It was a Dormammu mm. figure. It was a man thing mm. figure, which was basically a repainted um, Sasquatch from Alpha Flight and the right. Vermin figure, again, whose body was Shang-Chi, but with a mm. new head for Vermin. Like, like, look at that. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, God. So, so his mother, you want to lick his mother like that. Ugh. Yeah, and yeah. he keeps on saying, I love you, I love you, and she's freaking out. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, he does lick his mother like that because he captures his mother when he gets it back in his head. Oh, daddy did bad things to me. I'm going to take it out on mom. Um, And then... Vermin's backstory is so messed up. It's disgusting. Yeah. We'll get to it. It's spectacular. Yeah, and then e even this moment with the, the rat in the cage, like, I was like, Craven, you are just going all in you know and then he's just sitting there with that sadistic little grin he kind of like the, the, the way that mike zach drawed him he kind of reminded me a bit of jason Wynn from spawn a little just kind of sadistic man of power enjoying yeah. like toying and breaking with things like look at that like that that psychotic little like oh yeah i won't kill you i'm gonna kill you i got a knife yeah that was like arrogant madness yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because the robe, Rich. You know, the purple really brings out the, the psychoticness in one's eyes. Um, Is my interpretation true? I'm sorry. No, no. But um, and then I also have to say that it was really nice that it helped that, like sometimes some comics I feel overuse narration boxes, like they really cloud up the imagery. But it was really nice that how. Um, how Marvel or JM or whomever did the story that everybody had their own, like Craven's narration is going on while, you know, he's, he's doing his things and then Vermin's and Spider-Man's and whatever. They're all different colors. So you yeah. know, who's talking. This yeah, is this. one of my favorite. What if stories ever uh, Craven actually kills Spider-Man and turns into a cannibal and eats Peter um, Captain America, Daredevil and the human torch. Um, because of Mary Jane goes to them. This is, by the way, drawn by Mark Bagley, so the art in it is uh, nice, really great. But uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, not Bar not not Mark Bagley. Um, Richard Howell. I'm sorry, I thought it was Mark Bagley. But Mary Jane has to go to the Fantastic Four and reveal Peter's identity to everybody because she oh, knows wow. the person running around is not her husband. And the Human Torch and Captain America show up, defeat Craven. And Human Torch finds what's left of Spider-Man's body. And he's like, I think, oh my god, I think it's Spider-Man, but I can't be sure. And Captain America's like, don't look, son. This is not for your eyes. <laughs> wow. But Yeah, it is. It is horrible what happens to Spider-Man being eaten alive. Aunt May gets uh... told by Mary Jane that, you know, Peter was Spider-Man and he was killed in battle. Aunt May's like, I will never hear any of this. That awful Spider-Man. <laughs> um... Yes, that is 
Thank you, Chris. I'm definitely going to read that now, and then I'm going to. It's gonna, so goddamn good. It's so. I know. I'm going to read so it, and then I'm going to say I hate how much I enjoy it. So you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> but the, and and then you have like I also want to just say this this intro was one of my favorite parts of the book because it is so fucked up. He's literally you think he's dying, and then he meets Ned. Ned dissolves, and then suddenly he's a spider fighting some stuff that literally looks like Todd McFarlane drew it and they kill it. Peter crawls out of the spider crawls up. And then he's, he literally crawled out of his own grave. Like I I think few images in Spider-Man history are more iconic than Spider-Man literally crawling out of his own grave. Just thinking of nothing but Mary Jane. Not only that is, is the, the story, everything, everything just melds so perfectly. Yeah, it really does. It, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, you said it earlier where everything, it, you're reading it as it's in a dream state. You know, you're dealing with Craven's psychosis mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Peter has been knocked out. He's, uh, you know, dreaming all this weird shit. And then you have Craven that's just, I'm not Craven, uh, Berman that's just like a little, uh, golem. And it's just, uh, it really messes with your mind, the whole storyline until everything mm-hmm. just comes together at the end. Leo, post yeah. up the picture I just posted in group to, so everyone in the um, podcast can see. This is a statue at Wonderland Comics in Connecticut that they have on display in the middle of the store. It's the life-size statue of Spider-Man crawling up from his own grave. Yeah, I think I heard about that. Facebook's really slow, so it's going to take... No, that's fine, but it's the uh, it's this cover right here, the one that... Mm-hmm. The, uh, the... Where he's yeah. like... Uh, yeah. Look at that life size. Oh wow! Wow, that is awesome. Or is that a, someone made that custom? I don't know. Uh, but JMD Mateus has said he's seen a couple of those, so it might have been a like a special order. You know, you got the cash. Here we go. We're gonna manufacture this sucker. Right. That is gorgeous. Yeah, they've never made like a. I, I they. I believe they made like a miniature statue that you could mm-hmm. buy for like a hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it's so funny because. I remember one time I was reading an X-Men story that a Wolverine going down like uh, undercover in like a, a place where they're like selling shit on in the black market. And one of those was the, the great, the tombstone. I was like, Oh, that's a nice little nod. You know, I was you like, know, Oh, okay. It's funny is that like years later, again, during that, uh, that story we're going to get to eventually about vermin, um, mm-hmm. it's like Spider-Man's grave was just left there in the middle of the graveyard. You know what I mean? Cause they keep going back to it once in a while. I was like, Hey, look, Spider-Man was buried here once. Did right. nobody, did Spider-Man not, I mean, he's strong enough. He could have picked up his own grave and then smashed it and then, you know, move the dirt back in place. <laughs> I, I, I also just enjoy this entire arc. He's just destroying taxidermy, taxidermy. He, he, he butchers this cheetah out of anger. I remember he, at one point, he throws Craven off of like either a fake or, a, or, an, or an elephant because he's just so mad. I was like, Spider-Man, Dr. Doolittle, you are not. Like, jeez. You know. But what you said earlier, Drew, is that the whole reason behind this? They well, Marvel had a big problem with the suicide angle of Craven's last. Yeah, okay. they did. They 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 literally approached him and they were like, We kind of want you to to kind of write us a follow-up story that like softens it because I think they were concerned that they, because 
uh, yeah, something like that. They were concerned about well, no, like I'm, the I'm association. Saying, wow, because of the uh, the date that this is printed is 1992, and this story is from 1987. That's a long time to wait to be like, hey, we got a problem with suicide. Yeah, I, I still find it really odd because then again, like you said, Chris, years later, they do the same thing, and it's now. And you would think, you know, with suicide prevention right. and awareness being so prevalent that they would be but everyone's like eh, you're nick spencer you're doing spider-man you can do whatever you want and honestly the story craven comes back to life i thought was as dark as this one jamie jmd mateus even gave his blessing saying you know everyone comes back bring them back and it's dark <laughs> as hell because they kill off madam webb they kill off pain sorta you know, right. Ezekiel comes back, but that's actually Mysterio, you know, using some magic because he's in league with Craven the Hunter. Right, Spider-Man right. has been put through the ringer by Craven's family and all his villains, whatever, leading up to it. Um, mm. And then, you know, later on, a couple of years ago, Craven rounded up all the animal villains of Spider-Man and put them in Central Park for like a greatest game kind of thing. A bunch of people wore virtual reality headsets controlling spider slayers or something to hunt de- hunt them down. The only casualty of the whole thing was the Gideon got killed and was like, who freaking cares? And Black Cat is tasked with protecting uh, Billy Connors, who's, you know, a lizard boy right now. Right. But, so uh, uh, just real mm. quick, uh, Soul of the Hunter, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia here, uh, it was done as a response to a widespread misinterpretation of the suicide scene in Chapter 5 of Craven's Last Hunt. Uh-huh. Dean Mateus recalled that Tom DeFalco had gotten a bunch of letters from people saying, oh, you're glorifying suicide. Normally, they would dismiss this as just usual rantings, except it really disturbed uh, me. I'm, I believe this is Dean Mateus saying uh, that people would think that the purpose of the story was to glorify suicide. That is something I would never do. That is not my view of life or the universe. Okay. All okay. right. Well, okay. So he, he did it to set the matter straight. It wasn't just editorial. Be like, you got to fix this. People are complaining. So, okay. So I was half right. So apologies, yeah. everyone. No, uh, it's fine. There's no apologies. It was... I don't think it's glorifying suicide. He's a villain. He's a crazy person. They're not telling people <laughs> go out and do that. I mean, it's here's the problem. It's the same thing like Stan Lee getting those letters back in the 60s saying, you know, like when, when the Comic Code Authority was just like, you can't put drugs in comics. And Stan's like, I'm not going to tell people how to look for drugs or how to do drugs. I just want to tell them why drugs are bad. And this story, Craven the Hunter is the villain. He's a psychopath. He's crazy as all get out. And we're not talking like crazy, like people who need help with mental health problems. Craven the Hunter is a psychopath. He is a deranged serial killer individual. There is no redemption for him. Leo, can you go back a little bit? I wanted to make a point about something. Just to go back to yeah. the uh, Peter, Mary Jane. Um, another great thing is that I feel like a lot of times with Mary Jane stories, like, Artists are always go for the sex appeal, like, oh, she's sexy. She's Spider-Man's model, redhead model wife, you know, everything. I feel like this is one of the first ones where she literally looks very human. She's terrified. She's upset. She's grieving. She, you know, like in this scene, I feel like it's one of the most human moments that you really see Peter and, and Mary Jane share, not just as a couple, but as husband and wife. You know, she thought he was dead. He'd been gone for three weeks and then he's back. You know, yeah. I mean, I know. they don't always write Mary Jane with some of the best stories. Jerry Conway probably has some of the best written Mary Jane stories. This is Parallel Lives, which is a uh, 
Mary Jane, Dr. Octopus, Spider-Man kind of like dealing with grief and problems. And we really get into Mary Jane's backstory about why is she the carefree party animal? Why does she always being like, oh, I'm going to go party all night? Because she's got a lot of crap that she is not ever dealt with until mm-hmm. you know, she confronted her father, who was a complete and utter scumbag asshole. He was an embezzler who yeah. put his, his own daughter in prison. Mm-hmm. And her mom died, and uh, you know, just a lot of uh, they 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 don't always need to write. You're right, uh, Drew. They don't always need to write Mary Jane as like this, you know, like like this, like the hey, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. I'm super hot. Right, 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 right. So also, Rich, how, like, what do you think, Rich? I feel like I, I I feel like you've been very quiet, which is very strange to me because you're very chatty. So I'm yeah, like, I, are you gonna um, kill us? I, no, no, not at all. But uh, oh, I, you okay. know, I mean. I mean, Chris is the Spider-Man shaman, so I mean, he knows most of the facts. No, so. I'm not. I'm as running, I'm not saying you're running over the show or anything. I'm not saying anything like that at all. I'm just letting you <laughs> know the most knowledge. <laughs> oh my god, that's great! I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> Chris, the Spider-Man shaman. I do read every issue of Spider-Man that he's in. That's in continuity. You know, yes, that is true. Um, I cannot believe Spider-Man's, by the way, about to be published three times a month once again. Can anyone believe that? (laughs) Yes, because if they can do it with Batman, they can do it with Spider-Man. Why? Is Batman published three times a month? At this rate, it's probably going to happen. Like, no, uh, I don't know anymore. For a while it was because you yes, had, it uh, was. Uh then when um what's his name? Not Nick Spencer, the guy before him, uh Dan Slot took over. They went back to twice a month and they've been on a twice a month schedule for years. However, with Ben Riley taking over as Spider Man again, because Peter's gonna get badly hurt, uh they, right. they now they are gonna be publishing three times a month, but they're not lowering the price, it's still three ninety nine an issue. <laughs> and I'm good. So but back I, back I to this say- so, um, the, yeah. the the darkness that they portray in this, I mean, this is almost a perfect story. Um, but the one one detractor for me is it really bummed me out that we never had a Peter reaction to Craven killing himself. That that mm. just one thing bugged me. Okay. They they just never come to that, and I'm like, well, like he's not he's never told. Like it just doesn't happen. Never had. Uh, I don't know, Chris, did they ever do like an epilogue, like just one shot of that or anything? Yeah. What was your question? That Well, I mean, the soul of the hunter is the epilogue. And on Torment, you know, it got dragged through that with Calypso being like, you killed my lover, but I'm not going to tell you who I am. This is badly written. That is the epilogue. Tor- Torment is the epilogue. They, the thing is, they've had like four epilogues before we before craving up brought back to life. So we're just sticking with him being dead. Torment, Soul of the Hunter, and the Child Within, and um, uh, the storyline where uh, Chameleon is revealed to have been in league with Harry Osborn with the creation of Peter's life model decoy parents. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, those four stories are all epilogues to Craven's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Soul of the Hunter, like I said, we've gone over, uh, Tor- and Torment, but the... Uh, the life model decoy parents plot line, the epilogue to that whole start storyline where Peter just flips out hunting down the chameleon um, has a lot of like the chameleon craving the hunter stuff in it. In fact, the cover to one of the issues has 
Spider-Man holding Craven's grave above his head, about to smash the chameleon's face in. And the chameleon is transforming back and forth between Craven the Hunter and the chameleon because Craven beat the crap out of his brother every chance he got, which caused the chameleon to have all sorts of problems because the chameleon doesn't know his own identity. He believes it to be what we know, but it might be something he else. Yeah. Also, that that's just as grave. I mean, uh, in this issue, uh, as soon as Craven commits his suicide, his, his uh, uh, man butler uh, just uh, they they bury him right away. So th- yeah. there's really, you know, right. Uh, and also the uh, the Grim Hunter who showed up in Adjective Less Spider Man issue number fifty. This guy, his manservant, the the black guy, would you know resurface again to like coax the Grim yeah. Hunter. And you're like, hey, by the way, Spider-Man killed your father. Go kill him. Ha ha. Even though I know that didn't happen. Right. And Leo, are you trying to get us under the hour? Because I feel like you're just, I'm I'm listening to Chris or Rich or, or you talk, and I'm just watching the comic flip. I was like, like, yeah, but what does we want to talk about, Leo? Like, come on. No, like, no because the book's huge. We're, we're still only halfway through. Oh, I know. Well, we're halfway oh, there. No, we're I get it. No, no, no. Because, okay, I'm sorry. This graphic novel also has the what if and the... Uh, first issue of craven and the captain america vermin so i'm sorry oh, oh it does that's cool yeah. is that a marvel team up uh i think so yeah um, i think that's the marvel team up where the uh the two actors play captain america and spider-man for the cover it's like a photo cosplay cover one of the earliest yeah i'll, I'll oh, back nice. up a little bit though i i thought yeah, we i know were... i just i just i found it funny yeah. i was just like I'm, I'm reading it as we're talking, and I'm like, Leo, are you trying to get us under the hour? Like, we're, no, we're it, fine. I know we are. I know we're, we're fine. Know. We're fine, baby. It's all good. It's copacetic. Uh, yeah. I, I One thing I just wanted to say is it's so eerie how calm uh, Craven is in, you know, his, his last moments, just going over everything with, you know, Peter. Peter's trying to fight him and everything is just like, you know. That's it. He's also very calm when he commits suicide too. Yeah, I, I think this is the. I think that's the thing is that he did it. He beat Spider Man. He he was he not only proved himself. His he said it. I have proved myself. You're superior. There's no reason for us to fight. I am finally. You were the last big prey I needed to beat, and I've done that. My thing is vermin is clearly like someone's got to bring him back the guy takes a knife to the hand and just pulls out and just runs and later right. on he's fighting fine i was like man zima what the hell did you do to this kid holy crap um no but uh, it, it was it's like i said it's just you get that very and it doesn't help that it gets also like happening during a storm so you can kind of hear the rainfall as the scenes going on, like you're just watching these panels, you can almost hear the rain falling. You get that that weird rain sort of ear- God damn it, man! Um, that <laughs> ambiance, you know, and it's just like you said, like it feels like it's a perfect ending, and then they said my mother was insane, and I'm like, bam. Uh, but again, a lot of that is just to credit to Mike Zek. I mean, what a great job he did with this story, and that's. And, and like you guys say, like there's a reason certain stories, whether it's Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, whomever, they stand the test of time. Like there's nothing here that's really tying it down any sort of modernism. Like it could, this could have easily happened today. 
in some way. There's nothing that really dates it. So that's why it has that very timeless feel to it. You know, right, and they uh, Marvel never come out with their uh, timeline of events other than like the history of the Marvel Universe retconning the Vietnam War as an Asian Pacific War. Um, yeah. the uh, the uh, the whenever Spider Man references something like this long ago, it was a few years ago, you know what I mean? At, yeah. at one point, they they I understand why Marvel feels like the characters are getting too you know too old and they need to like rein it back in a little bit to make it make them seem a little bit younger. Because at, at, at some point, it, it did feel like certain Spider-Man stories, like this one, did happen an incredibly long time ago. And it mm. did. In 1987, you know, that's almost, what, tw- that's 35 years ago? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, I mean, but you're right. This this could have happened for Spider-Man at any point, you know, even if he had the red and blue on. But yeah. the black and white makes it more darker, you know, more relevant. More serious. Um, yeah. Let's face it. If you saw Craven in the red and blue, it looked so goddamn fucking stupid. I mean, the black and white with Craven is so much better. Yeah, it, it, it. Yeah, I agree. What would you say, Rich? The the impact of this book. I mean, I, I was in in nineteen eighty seven. I was sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. I remember reading this. Wow. Like what? What? I was uh, eight years old. Put it down. Put it up again. Reread it. Like, did I just really read this at this time? Because I mean, it feels now. It feels like n- nothing is a shock. But back then, that was that was big. That was wow. This guy just killed himself at a comic book, blew his own head off. So you know what, Leo? We should do coming up in a week or two. We should do brand new day. Uh, sorry, one more day if they do retcon it. Oh my god. Okay. You know what I mean? If they fix one more day, we should do one more day. Can we can we be drinking while we do it? Because I feel like that that would be hilarious. We all get wasted reviewing well, one more it, day. It, it won't be that bad of an experience if if Nick Spencer does fix one more day. Then it, doing it will be a lot of fun. But if he oh, does, I know. I'm, just, I'm just saying yeah. if we if we what, make it a game, we married? is that is that the thing? They might. Uh, I thought I explained that earlier in the show. Ah. Yeah, that's, Chris, that's you're Chris, oh, oh, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. In 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 uh, Rich's defense, Chris, you throw a lot of information at us. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, all right. Long story short, Rich, you said you read issue seventy four, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The okay. new amazing, so, yeah. But so you know, at the very end of that issue, Doctor Strange and Mephisto yes. are like because Doctor Strange, because Peter touched an orb in in Doctor Strange's house when Kindred was causing all sorts of problems and right, right. it activated I, I badly. Yep. It activated badly to Peter's presence. And Dr. Strange is like, that could only have happened if you had made a deal with a demon. What the hell did you do? And Dr. Strange looked into the orb and discovered one more day, the retcon and Nick Spencer, since his very first storyline has been building up to possibly finally undoing one more day with, uh, a lot of hints dropped. And the biggest one is Doctor Strange meeting with Mephisto to talk about Spider-Man and what deal did Spider-Man make. Got it's it. the only deal that we are aware of Spider-Man has ever made is the deal, the one more day deal to fix his secret identity and to heal Aunt May. Right. So, so it's it, Amazing Spider-Man 875 comes out uh, next week, not this week, but next week. Mm. If it comes out on time, big $10, 100-page issue, one of the biggest questions in in comics is finally going to get answered. So, so, so Richard, uh, it, it's the Washington Tower of middle fingers to Joe Casada. 
Like <laughs> it, it is the big because he was the he was one of the biggest the advocates. <laughs> he was one of the biggest advocates. He was like, listen, Peter should have stayed single and whatnot. Him being married, no. So right. you know, I, oh, you're gonna rewrite I, his I'm marriage. By the way, Joe Casado admitted that he wanted to do that to Superman. Years later, DC Comics would do that with New 52, and every fucking person hated it. And guess what? Superman and Lois are married on a television show and currently still in comics. Thank God. Exactly. Just It's just, Joe, sit down. Just stick to right doing covers occasionally, okay? So, yeah. So Drew, that was he's no longer editor-in-chief at Marvel, by the way. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, uh, so Drew, if we do a uh, uh, a drunk comics uh, segment, you're gonna have to think of a name for the segment or the special. Everyone takes a drink every time I flip out about one more day. Uh, it's it's uh, no it's, it, no no, I, uh, no I already know the title. It'd be <laughs> it's a Spider Man one more drink. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm sorry. I would bring the biggest bottle. I'm like, uh, oh, we're doing a Spider-Man arc. We're drinking. We're doing and one more I day. Have, oh, okay. I have, I have an extra copy of One More Day. I will um, I will go out on the back porch over a metal trash can and live on this burn one more day. <laughs> I will burn it. Uh, no, Chris, you, you can't mix alcohol and fire. Please. Yes, I can. No, I will no. burn totally... my copies of One More Day as the retcon has been fixed. If Nick Spencer does it, you build does a it. behind the house and jump it with your motorcycle over one more day. Yeah, you, yeah, let's do that. You, Rich, yeah, you, don't you, encourage some evil Knievel shit with this guy. He'll do it. Hold on, even, oh, man, work with me a little bit. My Ghost Rider, by the way, my my custom made Ghost Rider motorcycle helmet is in the mail. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Uh, it's got the skull here and the the flames on the side of the helmet. <laughs> so I'm riding uh, down the motorcycle. People would just be like, "That's the Ghost Rider." Uh, just Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. What was that? Is it Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider or the newer version? It's just a skull with the flames on the side. It's a custom helmet. Uh, before we get back into this, just on that note, uh, when I was a kid, <clears throat> uh, I was you know. I was buying comics and, and like just like just for like the covers and stuff like that. Just right. for fun. <laughs> oh, just for fun. Just for fun. And uh, I, I remember waking up in the middle of the night, seeing a glowing skull, thinking, what the fuck is that? And I didn't realize the uh, Ghost Rider was glowing the dark cover. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Nicely gone. Nice going. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw, but I made a new nickname for Leo. He's the Snake Man. It's his gangster name. <laughs> nice. when, you, when you need when you need someone to take care, of, you call the Snake Man. Nice, Rich. I did that especially for you. And Thanks. on that note, <laughs> yeah, back to back where back to yeah. Cra back to Craven's Hunt, where there are no snakes Thanks, but man. a ton of rats. <laughs> uh so in this section here, uh, it's, it's just, it's so friggin' powerful. So, uh, you know, at the end, it, it's just uh, Craven saying, uh, you know, uh, Spider-Man saying, I'll be back. He says, I don't doubt it. Every man, every woman, ha every nation, every age has its spider. You have been mine. What a burden. What an honor. And then it goes 
six panels without saying a single thing, then finally just goodbye. It's just yeah. so powerful. So let me ask you this, this, because I was kind of wondering, do you feel the comic should have ended on, on him dying? Or do you feel that it's a, it's, it was better that Spider-Man went to deal with vermin? What do you think? I think Vermin's wrap-up should have been an epilogue. Part 6 seems a little different, but it is called Fearful Symmetry. And mm. Vermin is a fearful, you know... Right. I, it, it, it's, it's fine, because, you know, Vermin was the, the big, you know, is the villain of the story. Right. Craven and Vermin, sorry. but Right, but yeah, he's a side villain. Yeah. Um... I, I, I don't know. Honestly, part six should have been. I, I said this to Jam. I was just like, why didn't part six wrap up with like Chameleon showing up? Um, mm -hmm. I wonder if it was just to, just to, so it could show that Peter was still human because he said he would try to get him help to read Richards, and maybe it was just showing, despite what he had just went through, this huge traumatic thing, he's still human and he still wants to do good no matter what right and even though vermin ate a bunch of people um yeah it, he does you know spider-man tries to find the good he knows that vermin's not responsible for his actions he, again experiment by zemo right but so okay but also i will say that you know again i don't want to sound like I, i'm like oh that, that was a horrible mistake i just you know i just wanted to know but i will say the entrance i'm so glad that they touched that peter is it because I feel like some superheroes they just shrug off these things that are really traumatic? Like you saw, Peter is back underground and he's still processing the fact that he was buried alive, right? And he had to literally, and this is before Kill Bill made it look cool, he had to literally punch his way out of a coffin and to the ground just to get free. Like that's a that's a extreme claustrophobia. You know, and that's gonna that's and it clearly still messing with him. I mean, he keeps jumping back and forth with it, but I get that's more jams. Great writing, like it was so honest. Yeah, it was know, just, it, yeah. It, it's yeah. funny. It was just it, it's a constant like era of dark Spider-Man stories because the storyline after this, by the way, Leo, if you can close up on this, Leo, yep. Uh, okay. Spider-Man insane. Spider-Man goes to the Mad Dog War trying to help a friend. Mm. Well, 87. Well, 80. Wait, this is this is this is 87, right? 87. So yeah, we started. Yep. We would start to see that that darker trend of comics, right? I mean, Watchmen was 1985. Killing Joke was a little around then. A little. I. I, I Killing I, Joke I'm was like, the year before the movie came out. Okay, cool. So, you know, comics were getting darker, you know? I mean, so I, it's almost like this is par for the course. But this, to me, didn't really feel like, hi, we're we're glorifying the violence. It's just this is a darker Spider-Man story, kind of like how Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns was very different than a lot of the jokey 60s Batman-style stuff. Like, that was starting to really, like, oh, hi. I'm a serious fucked up hero. You should be aware of this. Um, that's just my two cents. 
thought with the way that um, they portrayed his manservants uh, burying him and still his uh, gravestone saying that he was, you know, he was honorable. Um, they they were just they were they were trying to give a, a good face to it. They didn't talk down about it. They didn't say, oh, uh, you know, he was weak and uh, he killed himself and he was a piece of crap. They they just gave him a good quiet mention and honored his death and his vision so yeah in some cultures suicide is considered honorable is it you know um yeah i mean you know certain cultures suicide you know like in war and whatnot suicide oh, yeah. is considered Japanese, right they um yeah you know the first issue of uh teenage mutant ninja turtles leonardo hands shredder his katana and says commit seppuku you know in yep. honor to you know because we defeated you you suck you, you know, we 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 revenged Hamato Yoshi, our master's master, our master's owner, whatever, yeah. and uh, you know, kill yourself, cut your freaking throat open, you know, like the darkest shit from Ninja Turtles is in the first issue. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think also on top of it, now people are very, people are very scared to, I think sometimes deal with suicide because again you wanna you it's about writing the balance because it's such an awareness that you want to balance it out you don't want to sound like you're again you're advocating it but at the same time you don't want to like you like rich you said you don't want to just say like oh you're thinking about suicide you're a piece of shit you deserve to die go fuck yourself and it's just like you know um it's about finding that that balance where you're respectful, but it's also like, hi, this might be something you may want to talk to somebody about because you could that could help. So, um, I mean, again, I never read this story. I was like, wow, suicide, like to quote always sunny in Philadelphia. Wow, suicide's badass. I never said that. Um, I was just like, wow, that is I, I, it was just a shocking way to end the story. It was very powerful. You know, because I feel like he was the first Spider-Man villain who did something like that, right? I don't really recall any of his other villains. Like, yes, they died, like, you know, through their own machinations or to the fault of others, but or explosion and shit. I don't recall anyone ever killing themselves, right? No. 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 Yeah, that's... Yeah. Um... Oh God! Not no, by their own hubris of stupidity and their machinations of their idiotic plans, I don't consider that to be suicide. If you, I mean, that's you know, you got yourself into this, and Spider-Man wasn't there to save you, and the thing blew up in your face. Oh, there's that cover. Yeah, that one right there. That's awesome. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's 1987. I mean, that's not not 1987. That's the early 1980s. Uh, what's what's the number, Leo? Scroll down. Uh, how cosplay was born, kids. One twenty-eight. So that uh, okay. So that is after Secret Wars. Um, oh wow. That uh, yeah, that's a great cosplay yeah. cover. So yeah, that was like nineteen eighty-five. And that's really good quality too. Look at those costumes. That's really for the eighties. Right, but you know, this was of course done by Marvel, not a couple cosplayers. So they had the money to afford a seamstress. <laughs> nineteen eighty-three. Yeah, wow. Okay, so before Secret Wars, so I'm correct. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. 
That's right. That was before Secret Wars because uh, issue one forty one is Spider Man, Daredevil, and Black Widow, and he's got the black costume on for the first time in Marvel team up. You know, I, I have to say, don't you just love the juxtaposition? We were just watch reading Lee and Ditko, and very and then we're here, and this is JM, and I can't see who that artist is. Uh, um, Terry JM. Gamble. Terry Gamble. Yeah, like look at the uh, difference in how Spider Man's evolved. You know. Yeah, uh, Carrie Gamble did the breakdowns. Mike Esposito did the finished art. Oh, nice. It's a good artist. <sighs> Leo, I've got to. He's got it. He's got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we, we, we covered the whole thing anyway. Uh... By way, like a vampire. <laughs> How many web shooters are we giving it this week? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's good. I like that. We'll change. We 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 can we can, we upgraded from crowbars to web shooters because we're now an award winning show. Okay, right. I like this. We got a little ego. Well, we we can change it up for this. So, uh, uh, web tablet refills would it be? Web uh, web capsules. Web capsules. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't, know. don't don't ask me these things. <laughs> I don't, I don't do ask, that. Spectacular! I'm not doing that here. Listen, Which, ask ask uh, Mr. Madam Web over there. It's a great book. Everyone should buy. All right. Uh, are we doing out of five or out of ten? It's out of five, right? Out of five, yeah. 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 Uh, I am gonna gonna give it four and a half web capsules. Oh, cartridges! It's cartridges. cartridges. Oh, cartridges! Yeah. Web cartridges. Oh, sorry. Speaking of, speaking of which, by the way, you you can go to Target or Walmart right now and buy the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home web shooters. They're uh, they're on the store shelves. I saw. Oh hey. Yeah. yeah they come in yeah. gold. It's uh the gold and black web shooters. Like they're the web shooters you've seen a thousand times for every Spider-Man movie that's ever put them out. But this time they're gold and black because that's the current costume that they need to sell toys. I I can't. Uh, you, you know, see, I, you see a giant devastator there. I can't afford to buy anything right now. He's, he's on a budget now. He's he's finally on a budget. He's like his wife has said stop, and he's like, okay, honey. I, I, I had to buy the Chinese knockoff. Wait six weeks for it to show up. <laughs> oh, she's got the she got the she got the lawyer the divorce lawyer on speed dial. Don't make me hit that button. You buy the devil. Oh, whoa. You, you know you know what's funny? I just this just popped in my head. I feel like one day I'm doing the show with Chris. And I just feel when he's going to show up, he's going to be Stan Lee. It's just going to be his version of Stan Lee. It's just going to be, hello, true believers. We're going to start, you know, I'm just. Oh, that, that was the other thing I saw at Target. The, the Stan Lee Mego figure was out. It was $25, though. It was like, no. Aww. But I, I could just see that. It's funny because I was talking to a friend about working with Chris and, and everything. And I was like, it was like, what's it like? I was like, well, it's kind of, I feel like I'm Ditko. Working with Stan Lee, I'm just along for the ride. I'm just like he's got such good ideas. I'm like, okay, Chris, sure, I'll, I'll do this. That's how I just feel with general. I was like, eh, all right, whatever. I'm not going to cash my checks, no matter how much money it would make. Eh, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be alone. Well, Bitter. new episode of Drew and I's show will be out uh, later this week. Uh, part one of Cosmic Spider-Man. We'll be recording part two coming up soon. Uh, don't forget that it goes bi-weekly, two issues at a time because of the uh, amount of content in it. Read a bunch yeah. of Act of Vengeance stuff this week. Oh, my God. He's very uh, psyched. 
So you can find us over at the Spectacular Spider-Man, Spectacular Sal Basema era podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, for anyone listening to this one, Jamie Mateus will come on this podcast sometime in the future. Going to give him a good heads up for about it, though. And he'll be on the Spectacular show uh, when his run on that starts and Jerry Conway's run ends. Uh, you can also find me on Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash podcast, which we have a huge celebrity guest on this week. Joshua Williamson came on the show, current writer of Batman for DC Comics and, and I, former writer of Flash. And he's also doing the Infinite Frontier as well. So that's awesome. Right, great. and uh, but he came on for Hackslash versus Nailbiter, um, so we covered oh, nice. all his Nailbiter stuff. We didn't cover any of his Flash stuff or Batman stuff. We we, um, but he he gave me his uh, contact information. And he said he'd come on Radio of Horror, talk about oh, nice. more Nailbiter and other horror stuff that he's written. So, so, so before that, hey Leo Rich, did I tell you I finally started reading Hackslash and I just keep giving Chris updates? Like, oh my god, this is so great! And he all he just does is he Han solos me. He's just like, I know. <laughs> like, I know if you listen to my show, you would have got to this revelation sooner. And I was just like, don't talk down to me. Okay. I'm taller than you. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> like just cause you have a bike. Don't do that. Okay. I, I'm oh, on board I now. Around you, Drew. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I have a friend now. I, I'm hooking her on it. I'm pretty sure I'm convincing her to be Cassie and I'll do Vlad. So very psyched, but just want to share that with all of you. All right, Thanks. I got approvals on all costumes, so I got to see what she looks like as uh, Vlad, as Cassie. No, you should be Cassie and she should be Vlad, but like gender swap it up. I hate you so much. You Go should out. be like Go with ahead. the fishnets, but you know, wear pants, not a skirt, you know, and uh, you know the Vlad. Oh you know, God. she can like she can paint herself like gray and just have oh a really terrible like coughing accent. Yep. You know what? When we're done, I'm gonna tell her you said that. And if she actually says yes, I might think about it. I might think about it for two reasons: yes. to see your face and to, to what Tim Seeley would say. Yes, the writer. Wear the fishnet top, by the way. <laughs> there are some things the internet is not ready for, and that is one of them. Um, so, okay, Chris, you got to go. So, go. Yeah. Uh, how many? How many uh, web cartridges? Chris. I, I I love the book. Go buy it on Amazon. I give it all the web cartridges. That's five, everybody. I speak Chris. That's five. <laughs> do we have a link, by the way, for the dorkening to buy? Do you have an Amazon store that like money goes to the dorkening account? Uh, I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, if you click on the link in the show notes for Craven's Last Hunt, that is our affiliate link. Okay. Good. Uh, so yeah, any Amazon link I I put. So like the last. Six weeks, it was like 38 cents. So, <laughs> raking it in. All right, gotta go. Okay, okay, Drew. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I, I'm gonna go because I very rarely give something perfect stars. I'm gonna go with four, four point five. It's this is still one of the best, hands down. And <clears throat> um, yes, and honestly, everybody, every spider fan, regardless of how into it, you should read this story because it's literally one of the most accessible but yet serious Spider Man stories I think Marvel's ever published. Velvet so. Joker, I'm gonna go also with the four and a half. Uh, yeah, um, I said it all. I'm 
arc story class like con and uh that think back when I was a kid that was shocked. And and I think it's so fascinating because you know I'll, I, you you Rich were literally you were growing up, you know, you were a teenager when this stuff was happening. So this is history to kids, you know, people who are younger. To you, you were like, yeah, this is what I got when I would walk into my comic book store. You yeah. know what I mean? And I feel, and I would love to talk about this one day, I feel like modern day stories sometimes don't really have that gravitas that stories like this had. Like, this was a game changer. And I feel that certain stories now, don't get me wrong, they're great. You know, I mean, the ones I'm reading. Um, but I don't feel that they really have that kind of push that like that, that, let me correct. Let me retract that certain stories do, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not iconic. Maybe it gets lost in the shuffle or it's great in the, in the moment, but you don't remember it five years later. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very much, it's, it's like you, you. It's exactly it. It's perfect. It's like some modern day movie. You watch it once, and then that's it. You don't feel like you need to watch it again. But some, you can watch over and over and over and over and over again. It never gets old. And a lot of those happen to be older content, movies, comics, and whatnot. Mostly, um, but like Joker, White Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get a a, a gold gem out of nowhere. The Knox. I still have to finish that. I just realized I never finished reading all of that. I, I mean, we read all of it, but I never finished reading all the tie-ins. Oh, okay. really? Worth yeah. Worth oh, you blew through that in three days. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, goddamn. I, 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 they need to make that a universe. They need to animate that. All of the above. Well, I mean, with the Harley, that I think that they are doing more with it because it's been so successful. Even the, the Harley series, like he supervised it, but he didn't. He didn't. Do the he didn't write it, I think. Uh, Sean Murphy, he supervised, but I think that was someone else. So great! Oh, yeah, that was that was that was so cool. I know, um, I know it's not White Knight, but there's uh, are either of you right reading the new um, uh, Joker series? You know, I, I wanted to because I'm always a fan when comics gets more horror infused, and I and I recall we talking about that before that. The, the Joker and Gordon had that whole Mike Myers, Dr. Loomis kind of approach. I heard good things. I just, I did, I honestly, I, I, I forget. Like, I'm still dealing with the fact that now, I don't know if you guys heard about this, that now apparently the Green Goblin was not just a freak accident. It was apparently a deal he made with Mephisto. Yeah. So, I just so, read that. that yeah, I'm writing an article about that because how that revelation makes the moment in Spider-Man when he mocks her for her, her prayers so much darker. Cause I was like, that's not just a supervillain. That's, that's an e that's an agent of the devil. He's literally saying, screw you, finish your shit. I'm going to fuck you still up. I was like, come on, man. It's Rosemary Harris. She's old. Like <laughs> leave Aunt May alone. Save it for the hot Aunt May. She could probably still beat your ass. <laughs> Um, but at least we finally got Mephisto again. Yeah, I, he, he never he never goes away. I just always find it so amusing that people 
forget that he's literally the devil. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, he's the devil. And I'm like, you guys say that so nonchalantly. And then I'm like, it's the Marvel Universe. This is, that's probably like a Monday to them. You know? Um, also, significant moments that I feel like we should address. We lost a great one today. Norm McDonald. Yeah. Always pushing buttons that Norm. I, I literally wanted to come on the show wearing an oversized hat just so I could just, like, yep, see, Turd Ferguson. Yep, it's, uh, it's an oversized hat. It's funny. I was, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I have always, and me and my friend of mine, maybe we'll finally do it one year. We always wanted to do um, a celebrity Jeopardy group from SNL, mm-hmm. and I would be Alex Trebek. Just because I, I just want to just be thoroughly annoyed the entire time, and my friend would be Sean Connery. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, but Great. now I feel like we definitely have to have someone be Turd Ferguson, just be, just because we could have that, that whole thing. Um, no, but he was great. He was so funny, and it's it's so yeah. sad because my my girlfriend she oh she was going to see him in a comedy show last year. But she forgot, and by the time she remembered, the tickets were too expensive. So she was able to do it, and now it's like, I was like, I was like, babe, I was there. He, George Carlin went to my campus one time for a show, and I passed it up, and I've been kicking myself ever since. I uh, I was able to see George Carlin. Actually, I got the uh, a newspaper uh, cover signed by him. Oh, how how was that in person? Was that amazing? Oh he was insane. Uh, I saw him and Stephen Wright. Uh, oh wow! Within like the same month. What a show! Right. Yeah, Stephen Wright was awesome. Also, but did you George- like? Did Did you bruise your ribs laughing? Because I would have. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, back then, it was. I mean, this was uh, early '90s. I was a huge George Carlin fan. Like I saw all the specials and everything. It's just you can't get funnier than him. Well, you can, but I mean, it's just. Yeah. No, I, I, He's a, I, can you imagine what, what he, what he would say about today? Like the modern age, I feel like he, I would love to hear his opinion on cancel culture and just so much. Cause I, I, I would just be like, grandpa, you can keep talking. I'm going to sit down and watch you, <laughs> you know, that special that never got released that nine 11 happened. Oh Yeah. He did a special, and I forget what it was called. It was called like something really that would not go well with nine eleven. Oh wow! Like he was about to release his whole like concert or an album, and it all got for nine eleven. Jeez, that's crazy. But but I I had to address that, and then I don't know. Is there any? Like, have you guys been watching Marvel? What if I I'm still behind. Yeah, I, I'm up to date. I I uh, I really enjoyed the last two episodes, both super dark. Okay, yeah. I so it's worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. You've seen none of it yet. I've I haven't seen any of it, but I will say this though, I did see Shang Chi, and boy, I loved that. I thought that was great. I have not stopped occasionally humming Hotel California. No, I haven't seen it, so you guys don't ruin it for me. I know you would probably both, but no, I haven't seen it. I, I okay. I, I will say this, Rich: you will never look at karaoke the same. That's all I'm okay. going to say. Uh, they did release uh, 
Trevor's uh, deleted scene. And it's friggin' hilarious. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. But Rich, it's it it really is worth it because it doesn't it I mean it still feels like a Marvel movie, but it's right. really nice is it it has all of the the workings of an old school kung fu movie. It's basically what we wanted Iron Fist to be. Right. Well, I, I read Shang-Chi in the 70s as a comic book, so I'm mm. kind of excited to see it and um, to see in the trailer that they had, um, what was his name, Razor Fist? Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi baddie back then. So it's yeah. they honored that and brought that into the movie. And, and, uh, and Aquafina does okay. I think in another two weeks, maybe. Okay. But uh, and 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 also, I was very impressed with Aquafina. I thought she was just going to be another. Uh, you know, I felt like they're kind of Kevin Harding her. We're like, oh, we need a plucky, sarcastic Asian sidekick, Aquafina. But she did a good job. Like she, you know, and um, no, the story was really good. I, I was pleasantly surprised. What I didn't like is it was the first time I've seen a movie in a movie theater in about two years. Mm -hmm. And right behind us was the most obnoxious row of teenagers that you can imagine. I've uh, never heard more shushing in a movie in my life. Like, like they talked, they threw popcorn at each other, they they giggled, they made fart noises when it was a slow moment that wasn't an action scene. And what's even worse is that some of them actually mocked when some of the characters were speaking in like. Uh, they're, they're they're Asian actors. So they're speaking, I think, in Chinese. I think I heard some Mandarin, and I was just like, I I almost was like, I like, and, and people were telling them to shut the hell up. I almost oh. wanted to be a manager, be like, I'm sorry, there are some unsupervised children that need their parents in our. Can you see see Drew? You're... Oh, okay. Sorry, I've been clarified by the other person watching who who told them off in the most spectacular way that I can't say on the show. That they were actually preteens, so oh. apologies. So no apologies needed. But it's see, you have not been uh, enveloped into the Leo culture. I would have went to the manager. I have had so many people thrown <laughs> out of the theaters. It is not funny. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, listen. I knew if this has been an Alamo draft house, they would have been out by the first, by the second fart noise, you know. But I, I, we chose to see it in a normal movie theater. An AMC, and now I'm like, I don't know if I can go back. Just go to the manager, Drew. I know. I I just I didn't want to be that guy, but Release. sometimes you have to be that guy, Leo. Oh yeah, totally. Release your inner Karen. You know. I, I don't think you want that. <laughs> no, seriously. I, you go to the theater to enjoy. It's just like you know. It, it's you got people. You know, just disrespecting the movie and disrespecting others you know yeah because it's it's not just you like if it was nobody in the theater okay you can do what the hell you want like just you can be rude but we're watching it too so if you're ruining i mean don't get me wrong i still enjoyed the hell of the movie but if, if we're experiencing it too and you're ruining that you know i just almost wanted to say i was like i hope something you love gets ruined or gets a shitty reboot yeah. so you can understand how uh, disappointed we are that you kind of literally dookied on something we enjoyed. Well, I, I got to say that that is one of the things of the pandemic. I know a lot of people are bummed because they really enjoy going to the movies and I enjoy aspects of it, but I really like sitting on my couch and being able to hit pause 
<laughs> Raven will have a snack I want and not yep. cost me 30 fucking dollars. Oh, and not know. having to worry about pants sometimes too, right? Yeah, exactly. Just being, <laughs> you know, just being naked from the waist down. Did you just see, did you, Leo, did you see how his eyes lit up? He was like, yeah, right? <laughs> it was just, he came I alive. I take it, I go home, I take my pants off. Well, that that's just your right as a, as a sitcom dad. You just Goldberg it. Um, uh, you know, but did, did your, did your growing up in the eighties, did your dads do that? No, my father never did it, but he, but the, the stereotype of on the couch, watching an old show from their childhood while drinking yeah. some beverage, doesn't have to be alcohol. That is 100% accurate. See but, my dad, as soon as he got home, drawers got dropped. He's on his couch. Just, you know, just relaxing. And no matter who came over, it is, it's just like the Goldbergs. Yeah, just, yeah. just don't, nobody bother me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's now just a homeowner thing. Like me, sometimes I'm just like, life is just better without pants. It is. That, I, was, my, that was my mom, by the way. Just uh, She just commented. It's kind of funny. I can't. We can't see it, but no, we're she glad to know. It, but yeah, she's good. Oh, is, is she is she confirming the 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 pants dropping in the pond house? Must be, yeah. The pants <laughs> ponding. Um, no, but okay. Thank you, Rich. I I have been meaning to watch What Ifs. I just uh, it's it's when it's a Marvel thing, it's always uh, is it me watching it or is it me and and Ange watching it? So it's it's you yeah, know because yeah, we, we, we do it together um, when we can. Heather has some issues with animation right now with her vision, but um, she really appreciated the uh, the Doctor Strange one. I heard that was great, and uh, I really just like the Marvel Zombies one, and and they tie into some of the MCU that one, and and they did really yeah, well with that. The Marvel Zombies series, of course. Uh, but this was it was really heartfelt and uh, we should uh, cover that yeah, yeah. So, so dark so yeah dark. It, yeah well, leo add that to our list dark. okay marvel zombies cuz that's a great one to to get into and especially cuz later on the other series cuz originally marvel zombies was all kirkman again cuz oh you know kirkman writing zombies right Ugh. um and right. then fred van lent took over the the with uh, Marvel Zombies 3, which took it in a completely different direction. And I actually really enjoyed it because it was very horror parody referential-ness. And uh, I mean, it's great. I just always love it that people will start Marvel Zombies. I'm like, technically, it began in Ultimate Fantastic Four. You know, they created, and which is all, again, Mark Millar because... God, that man has so many great ideas. Um, no, Marvel's not. Yeah, I, the second I saw Zombie Cap in one of the trailers, I was like, we might be getting Marvel Zombies. Thank you, God. Um, I, do, I have one question, more question, Chris. Um, um, Rich, how was how is, um, T'Challa as Star-Lord? Was that good? Oh, dude, that was the best one. That like it, it, I loved it. It was, it was awesome. You're going to love it. It, it, was, it, uh, yeah. it was good to have that one because it was uh, where it was because it was really heartfelt and just it, it was warm. And yeah. then to go from that to the two dark ones that we just had, it right. is definitely a huge contrast. And uh, okay, 
and, and Drew, I'll leave it at this to, to see what the effect of the person or the carrot the character that T'Challa was right being thrown into the world of uh getting sucked up by Yondu instead of mm-hmm. Peter um, Quill. Instead of Peter Quill. Um and the effect that that character has on that world and that universe mm-hmm. is was really like just fun, fun and different writing, not what you would expect. Well that's good. I mean listen uh, that's that's all we could ask for, especially considering that the what if thing has been a concept since 1977. So you know that's the thing I love is that people are like oh this is so great. I was like guys, it's been like we're we're almost rocking four, almost five decades of what if stories. Heck, um, Spider Shadows, the Chip Zdarsky one right now, it's awesome. Right, like it's great uh, hearing a lot of their voices, like uh, uh, hearing. Um, I can't think of the name right now, but the, the character that passed to play Black Panther. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman. He, to hear his voice and knowing Boseman. that he knew at that point that would probably be his last time ever playing that character. Yeah, it, Hear it, it's Benedict crazy. Cumberbatch play Doctor Strange in a really heartfelt way. Mm-hmm. Um, it really connects the whole universe, and it's it's really kind of brilliant on Disney's part. And I, I love how they're circling the wagons. And um, I'm even going to segue now to... All the guys in the dork getting first thing, I think yesterday or the morning before, we're all like, oh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Hawkeye. And I knew that I couldn't watch it until I got home to see it with Heather. And oh my God, I was not expecting the brilliance of that trailer. Yeah. Oh, this the second I saw that it was Christmas, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Because I'm such a Christmas fan. So, um, and now I appreciate it more. Because I've read um, almost all, I think I mean, I just meant one trade paperback of all of Matt Fraction's run of Hawkeye. And honestly, that's my favorite thing that he's written because it was just so fucking brilliant. I mean, he won an award because one issue had literally pizza, Lucky the Pizza Dog, solving crime. What? This shouldn't work, but it's amazing. Um. No, but I, I'm so excited, and I think it's great. And I'm so glad to see Hawkeye getting some some well-deserved time. And also, it's just nice to see them acknowledging more of the fallout from Endgame because it's such a big thing. And, you know, um, Spider-Man Far From Home uh, – Far From Home. Wait, Far From – right? Right, Far From Home yep. did that. Um, Shang-Chi will do that a little but I'm not going to say how. Um, and now this, like, you know, and it's so great because we have that. And I just feel like, again, because I feel like we're, we're going to wrap this up because we're almost at an hour and a half and that's usually our cutoff. I just think that this is just more proof that Marvel is just slowly, subtly building up the Young Avengers because Haley Seinfeld as Kate Bishop, she looks great. She's got the humor down. And I'm sorry, I totally laughed. <laughs> when she draws the arrow, it's like you have more dangerous arrows than this. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Now, what was um, her name in the Young Avengers? Was it Hawkeye? Yeah, it was Hawkeye, and they had that whole thing because she met him after Cap died. Because at one point, Clint Barton was trying to be Captain America, mm-hmm. and he gave her shit for it, and he said, "Yeah, Captain America gave me this name. Like, the fuck, bro." 
And they even had an archery contest to see who would win the title. And uh, it was great. Yeah, it's all... we. Yeah, we should also... Leo, yeah. add Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, one of those volumes to the list, because that's a good read. It's a really good read. Okay. And speaking uh, of, what's our book next week? Uh, I'm, ti- I'm tired of messaging you about it. Uh, so according to Google Drive, it is uh, Batman Earth One. Yes, that's one of mine. Fantastic. Hold on. Yes, this is a great oh, yeah. sort of Elseworld. Yep. Um, I can, cannot wait for that. That's fantastic. I'm sorry. I have to apologize, Rich. There are no clowns, but oh. it's still great. Uh, Rich, have you read it? No, I haven't read that one. Okay, I'll uh, I'll and put are you just one. an Elf World story. Yeah, it's kind of Elf Worlds in. It takes place in a different Earth. Okay, I like those. Those are always Earth, fun. Two, Earth two, right? Uh, no, it's it's, it's an Earth one. Earth yeah, one. It's, I feel like the yeah, writers Earth are making Elf World stories. Yeah, because what happened was that they did they did Superman Earth one. That was JMS and Shane Davis. Then they did this, and then they had Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette do Wonder Woman. And then they had people whose name I don't remember because I didn't care do um, Green Lantern, Earth One. And then they had Jeff Lemire and Terry Dotson do Teen Titans, Earth One. So that's technically all the same universe. But um, Earth One is Batman is Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. And the third volume of that was recently released this year. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know why I said it was Earth 2, because the title is Earth 1. So it's okay. It's done. fine, yeah. Uh, don't worry. Rich, you're, you're, I, I assume you're going to love it. Uh, so I will put all three volumes into the drives. Just oh, sweet. Like all right. Um, nice. All right. Uh, last thing I'm going to leave you with as you watch uh, What If Zombies, uh, pay close attention to what Bucky says to Cap. It, yes, sir. It, it definitely ties into a bunch of stuff. And, and Drew, since you were in here last week, congratulations, my fellow king. Yeah. Indeed, we did it. People yeah, actually give a shit about us. We're kings, but that is our emperor. I don't, yeah, uh, listen. No, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm the jester. You two are the kings. Uh, and so, what, what are you referencing, Velvet Joker? What am I referencing? I'm not yeah. referencing anything. Who me? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to be recognized. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I, I love you guys. You know, we, we have a good time. I can't wait to have my little amalgam. I know it's all in fun and great that, but I'm, I'm totally gonna put it up on like the shelf and like dust it and stuff. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. Uh, so, uh, Velvet Joker, where do you like people interacting with you? Uh, Velvet Joker 2021 on Instagram or uh, Rich Davis on Facebook. And not doing any projects at the moment, but uh, just hanging out and having a good time talking with my boys. Cool. Drew. Hello there. I'm Drew Malo. You can find me in Drew Malo on Facebook. Um, I'm also on uh, Instagram, Ghostbusterman1984. I do work for Screen Rant. I work do stuff for the Dorkening. You can find me, and I'm very excited about what we have planned next because it's going to be great. Awesome. 
Uh, and for me, just Google Leo Pond. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. But more importantly, follow these awesome dudes. Their uh, mm -hmm. information is show notes up above or down below. I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. Just about 40 shows on a network. A lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, with that, we'll catch you guys up. Bye. Peace out. Bye, everyone. <laughs>